In my line of work, you got to keep repeating things over and over and over again for the truth to sink in, to kind of catapult the propaganda. It's time for the August 7th edition of Weekly Signal's Weekly Review, a reality-based mash of contemporary events compiled from the world's great newspapers and blogs at NathanCallahan.com and ripped in part from Harper's Magazine at Harper's.org. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And now the news. President Bush. You know, after all these years, I still... Does have, it so, have trouble saying that? It's a get kind of gets caught in your throat a little bit still, yeah, and it's taken on yeah. meaning. Yeah, President Bush. You're now able to name your discomfort. You're, Bush Bush League. You're able to put a name to your discomfort. President Burning Bush <laughs> signed into law legislation that broadly expanded the government's authority to eavesdrop on the international on international telephone calls and email messages of American citizens without warrants. That doesn't, this is a poorly constructed sentence here. I'm going to have to talk to the newsroom about this. Okay, yeah, would you? American citizens without warrants. No, it's not that. <laughs> it's, it, they, they can uh, eavesdrop without warrant on the international telephone calls of American citizens. Right. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of things about this. One is this essentially legitimizes, it makes legal all the stuff that for the last year and a half that we've all been concerned about, at least I have been, about warrantless wiretaps. It makes it all legal, which is disturbing and troubling, which leads me to the Democrats completely rolling over on this. Yeah. Capitulating to what is, well, in, inevitably somewhere, hopefully in our future, a Supreme Court, a federal court, somebody will say this was patently illegal and a, and a, and a violation of civil rights. And finally, this puts a partnership between the U.S. government and the giant telecom companies, which essentially yeah. marries them, weds them together in illegal activity, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, if you, if you listen to the president's speech, I think from last week, there's a little sentence in there yeah. where he says, the first order of the new Congress, not new Congress, but the con- you know, yeah. next session of Congress, yeah. will be to protect those people who have helped us in the war on terror so that they're not... Uh, faced with litigation. Meaning the giant telecom company. Yeah, meaning yeah. those people who wiretap. Who are actively participating in illegal, unconstitutional behavior. A report from the Government Accountability Office indicates that U.S. military officials do not know what happened to 30% of the weapons the United States distributed to Iraqi forces from 2004 to, through early this year. Yeah. That includes... 190,000 AK-47 assault rifles. That's, you know, 30% of the weapons. Yeah. Or 30% of anything. Yeah, that's... that's a st- if they were handing out ice cream cones, yeah. you would think that the U.S. government usually keeps tab on those they could account things. For more if than they were handing out ice cream cones to social workers, you can bet they would. Yeah, yeah. They'd be complaining if, yeah. if 30% of those ice cream cones fell into the hands of... Of people who didn't deserve the welfare. Um, welfare queens yes. were getting ice cream cones. you damn well sure there'd be a, some kind of congressional investigation, and some poor congressman would be on the hook for whatever that yeah. program was involved with. So, uh, and but yet... An AK-47. So let's, let's review. Okay, we just had Charles Ferguson on. So 
the devathification of the Charles government. Charles Ferguson, the director of... No End in Sight, pardon which me. Which is a documentary about Iraq. It's Last a, week, it really, we had him on Film School. You can listen to the interview at KUCI.org slash Film School. There you go. So in his scathing documentary, No End in Sight, he, he, he basically identifies the devathification of the government of oh. Iraq by Paul Bremer and God knows who else in the administration, probably Rumsfeld, and the disbanding of the, uh, the Iraqi military thereby essentially giving 500,000 men with weapons and now no visible means of support a reason to be upset. Yeah. And now we can't account for 190,000 AK-47s. Oops. So obviously the insurgency is in its last throes. Obviously. From all of that, how could you think anything else? I'm sure Cheney didn't know anything about all these things that were going on, demathification. Demilitarization. How could he? How he could was he? the Secretary of Defense. He, <laughs> he had more important things he to do. He had things to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like shoot people in the face. British Prime Minister Gordon Brown paved the way for the withdrawal of British troops from Iraq by telling George Bush he would not delay their exit in order to show unity with the United States. Now, you know, that <laughs> this sh- is, I'm sorry, just butt co- covering their butts. Go ahead. No, I, I really believe that, that Brown is a sharper politician. You, you think so? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that he comes over here to the United States and, and doofuses like John Stewart thinks he's caving in to, uh, to George Bush when he goes out in the, on the White House lawn and they smile and shake hands and say right. how much they support each other. Right. I think Gordon Brown's going to turn around and, and quietly exit through the back door. Oh, I, so I thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. I met that Bush was covering his Oh, butt. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. To say, Oh, you know, everything's fine. And I'm hoping that Mr. Brown is is uh Yeah. I think you're right. slipping quietly out the back door. I think so. And I th- and I think that Britain will be very reluctant if not resistant, fighting resistant, fightingly resistant if that's a word. Fightingly? Uh, fightingly resistant. Fightingly. I just made up a word. Uh over yeah. over the US uh apparent plan to attack Iran. I think that Britain will not be a willing partner. They will not be part of the coalition of the willing on that one. There you go. <sighs> Iraq's largest Sunni Arab political bloc announced its withdrawal from the government, undermining Prime Minister Nuri Kali al-Maliki's efforts to seek reconciliation among the country's rival factions. Yeah. So the Sunnis, they're gone. So that government is now circling the drain in Iraq. Now, am I... To, uh, Help me out. Did they? Yeah. Did the Iraqi parliament vote to give uh, oil rights to outside? Not yet. Not that, yet. Okay. That has yeah. been postponed until they get, get back. back from their from vacation. Their, their summer vacation. Yeah. In the on um, yeah. And the and, and it, last thing I read on it, it seems a bit iffy. People uh, over there aren't real excited about giving o- their oil over to. Uh, I think if there was if there's interest. if there's hope for a unified. Iraqi government, I think that's probably one of the issues that would unify yeah. the Iraqis. We're not giving our oil away. So the one thing that will <laughs> unite the government that we want to see happen in Iraq is probably the one thing we don't want them to do, which is not allow us to have access to their oil and a private private businesses. Anyway. It was reported that the war in Iraq could ultimately cost well over a trillion dollars, at least double what has already been spent including the long-term cost of replacing damaged equipment. We've talked about this. Yeah. Carrying wounded soldiers, aiding the Iraqi government. This is a government analysis I'm reading here. Oh, are you? Okay. This is not, okay. you know, the it's, it's uh, not for, Center for Liberal Hoo-Hahs. It's not 
alternate you're reading from. You're reading from a government. The Center for Liberal. Who, uh, this, is, for liberal. this is a government okay. analysis. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I love them, though. They are good. They are good. I usually, I usually, I have a you know the thirty five dollar yearly membership to them, and you get a you get a newsletter. Yeah, I love them. Really, they do. They really cut through the hoo-ha. Iraqi's power grid is on the brink of collapse because of insurgent sabotage, rising demand, fuel shortages, and provinces that are unplugging local power stations from the national grid. So. Uh, it's it's by the way, yeah, 120 degrees over there yeah, right now. By the way, and, and they get power for what a couple of hours a day, maybe. Well, yeah, and and last week they had a stretch of 48 hours of two days with nothing at all, uh, nothing. Can you imagine? You went home, and five days a week, you your refrigerator, you well, just didn't it wasn't on. You couldn't really put anything in it because you could never be sure that it would yeah. not be spoiled. I know what you mean. Yeah. It drives me crazy Every when it day. goes down. It, it really does make me feel uneasy when it gets like up into the four and five hour range. You know, when you're sitting there, yeah. there's no lights, there's no refrigeration, there's nothing. And you so, think, wow, I'm really dependent now on Now imagine this. that like 20 days of the year or of the month, 20, 25 days of the, of the month where you essentially don't have enough power to. Yeah. I do imagine that. No, I don't think we really do understand how bad that would be. But. Things are getting better. Remember that guy, Michael O'Hanlon, from the Brookings Institute, who came back and said, things are much better than you really are being told. Yeah. Yeah. I believe him. You do? Oh, yeah. Why would he lie? U.S. Marine Sergeant Lawrence Hutchins was sentenced to 15 years in prison for the murder of an Iraqi civilian during a failed search for an insurgent by the unit he led. Prosecutors said the unit led by Hutchins had abducted Mr. Awad from his house when it could not find a suspected insurgent who lived next door. The Iraqi civilian was then taken to a ditch and shot in the head at least 10 times. The unit later placed a rifle and shovel by the body to make it seem as if he had been an insurgent planting a roadside bomb, who just happened to be shot in the head 10 times. That's where... If I'm Perry Mason, that's where he screwed up, when he put a weapon next to his, when they planted that stuff. Yeah. Uh, If you're Perry Mason? If I'm Perry Mason, I'm telling him, you know where you really messed up was when you started planting stuff around the guy. Otherwise, it's just another guy who got shot, who knows how. If you're Perry Mason, I'm Hamilton Burger. (laughs) (laughs) It was (laughs) estimated that since the U.S. invasion, 90% of Iraq's artists had fled the country or been killed. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's how we get rid of them crazy artists in New York City. <laughs> I guess that is. We could work on that. Yeah. We'll put out a memo. According to current and former intelligence officials, the Bush administration has been arming Persian Gulf Cooperation Council states, which we would call Saudi Arabia, Iran, Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, and the United Arab Emirates. We've been arming them covertly since at least 2004. Well, then we had the last week we had the arms deal to Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and Israel to the tune of $63 billion worth of armament, which in that part of the world is just what the, just what the doctor ordered. Yeah. What did the doctor order? About? $63 billion worth of new armaments. Hmm. Yeah. 
I, l- I like to keep them armed over there. Mike. Oh, yeah. yeah, we should. President hopefuls, presidential hopefuls. I got you. Barack Obama and Rudy Giuliani yeah. pledged to invade Pakistan. They took a pledge. This is, let's, this let's is very troubling. Let's more pain and suffering in the really world. This is really troubling to yeah. me, this whole Barack thing. Once again, suckered into you know being called called out. You're not a man if you're not willing to say that you're going to invade a sovereign country and conduct military operations without their permission. That would that that would be worse than Iraq. I think because they have they have little bombs over there <laughs> that, that blow that up real mushroom big, clouds. They have real big yeah. mushroom clouds. Yeah. No, I just it, the whole thing again. I, I said this a couple of weeks ago. I really think that we're going to look back on 2006, 2007, and wish. That those that we're going to think back almost as the good old days, because I don't think this is going to un- this is not going to end right away. We've still got to get through Turkey and in Iraq, Iran, Pakistan and India, Pakistan and Afghanistan. There are a number of really troubling things that are about to happen, and we're this is this is going to seem fun compared to I think where we're heading. Haven't you heard about the second coming, though, Mike? <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think I'll find out soon enough, if we're not careful. Colorado Republican Congressman Tom Tancredo said that if elected president, he would respond to terrorism on U.S. soil by bombing the Muslim holy cities of Mecca and Medina. <laughs> A fine idea. <laughs> that'll shut them up. That'll, that'll just put a damper on any of their plans to, <laughs> to go after us. Yeah, because, you know, that's the kind of thing that's worked so well so yeah. far. Oh, God. <laughs> this guy, this guy is, there's some truly dangerous people running in the Republican presidential mm. campaign. Truly. And speaking of <laughs> that, yes, Bob Allen, <laughs> the Florida state representative who sponsored a bill to curtail sex in public parks. Uh-huh said that he recently offered oral sex to a man in a park because he was afraid of black people. <laughs> now, that that's one of the first things when I'm afraid of anyone, I usually get down on their knees and, and offer oral, on my knees, and offer oral sex. Oh, my God. That usually puts a damper on, on any of their, their fears of, or my fears. Oh, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't even know what to say. I really don't even know what to say to that. Declaring a new direction in energy <laughs> policy, the U.S. House of Representatives approved $16 billion in taxes on corporate, on oil companies, corporate oil companies. Yeah. Is there any other kind? <laughs> Is there a Ma and Pa oil company no, out there? So, no. While providing billions of dollars in tax breaks and incentives for renewable energy and conservation efforts. So this is, as I read this, yeah. this sounds good. Yeah, it sounds- I'm sure. I'm sure that those... Tax breaks and incentives are specifically designed for the oil companies. Yeah. So they can gradually pull out. But, you know, yeah. if that's what it takes. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Mike McConnell, the director of national intelligence, said that President Bush authorized a series of secret surveillance activities under a single executive order in late 2001. The disclosure makes clear that a controversial National Security Agency program was part of a much broader operation than the president previously described. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. And all of these things will in due, due time be revealed, but but he will be gone from office, yeah. and it'll be like, darn, what were we thinking back then? Yeah. 
He'll give Sam Donaldson a chance to say, yeah, yeah well, get over it. Get over it, yeah, exactly. I can't tell you. You know, who, who, Helen, Helen, Helen Thomas. Helen Thomas. We love came, Helen Thomas. Came to his defense. Absolutely. That was very troubling for me. Yeah. We love Helen Thomas. But Can't you just, yeah. In her book, when she was a scathing, uh, uh, screed, not screed, but a scathing indictment of the media and its sort of partnership with the administration leading up to the war. And of all the people she could single out for being good journalists and sort of swimming against the tide, Sam she picked Donaldson? Sam Donaldson. She must be. There must be something. Obviously, they're friends, but maybe they're Helen, more than friends. Helen, we disagree. Heaven, I'm in heaven. That's Sam Donaldson, Helen Thomas. <laughs> no, don't one go, night don't in 1963. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was the Kennedy administration. He they was a young, young whippersnapper. There you go. And yeah. they were, it was. They had a couple of drinks over at the El, <laughs> yeah. at the Algonquin in yeah. Washington D.C. And that one thing. His, went, his hair has never changed. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. He had the same hairstyle. Even yeah. Then. Yeah. 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 The Justice Department trampled on congressional independence when raiding U.S. Representative William Jefferson's office last year, a federal appeals court ruled. Yeah. That means they side with Congress in a constitutional showdown. You got that now? No, I got what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So the Justice Department is saying that... Uh, he shouldn't have raided uh, Jefferson's office last year. Even though he did, didn't he have like $90,000 in his refrigerator? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> the facts of this are like, yeah, yeah. in this yeah, freezer he had more than that. I think it was yeah. a lot of money. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars in it, his freezer. Part of that pallet they sent <laughs> over to Iraq, you know, I mean, it was his cut of it. It's not to yeah. say that William Jefferson isn't, probably was doing something he shouldn't have been doing. I'm not saying that, but it was a violation. I think you got to start looking at the Bush administration and say, what are they doing legally? Yeah. What is it that they're actually doing that is actually constitutionally legal and not some sort of fringy thing? Because it really, it seems to be that we're asking the wrong question about them. What are they? Actually? Columbia. Well, I think perhaps the Easter egg roll. Is, Maybe that's probably <laughs> clean. Clean. I think they've got that down. They're legal on that one. Yeah. Colombian Defense Minister Juan Manuel Santos said drug, drug traffickers and guerrillas have infiltrated senior levels of the Colombian armed forces, seriously compromising their work. I would say they're probably aiding their work. <laughs> Let's say at this point, <laughs> oh, that, that, that whole situa- the situation in Colombia. We got, I would really would like to get somebody to come on and talk about Colombia because there, yeah. there are a lot of things going on. There does seem to be a, a lot of popular support to, to get FARC and the government together and FARC. sort of talk these things through. FARC is the, the rebels mm-hmm. who um, are also involved in drug trafficking. Everybody's involved in drug trafficking down there. Rupert Murdoch sealed the deal to buy the Wall Street Journal publisher, Dow Jones & Company, for $5 billion. Yeah. American Home Mortgage Investment Corporation filed for bankruptcy. That's the second largest, second largest residential lender in the U.S. to close down this year. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's Interstate Bridge 35. Five or Interstate 35 bridge there in Minneapolis right. collapsed, killing four, and eight are still missing. It's curious about that is according to Stephen Flynn, who's a former director of National Security uh, Council's Office of Global Issues. Mm. In other words, we got an elected official who's trying to deal mm. with with money and budgeting. Mm-hmm. He says the tragedy makes it clear that the U.S. has been squandering its infrastructure legacy by turning a blind eye. The critical upgrades and and spending it in Iraq. I would well, think I, I hope that this does spur some yeah. political 
discussion and action on infrastructure repair. And what was I going to say? Oh, and I li- <laughs> I, no, I like what Bush did when he the press conference that he had the day after yeah. this thing happened. And what he did? He blamed the Democrats. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that a nice, nice touch? People are lying at the bottom of a river in a tragedy. I mean, an unspeakable tragedy. And it's the first thing out of his mouth is it's the Democrats' fault. It was the, it was a Republican ban. And then, it, by the way, it was a Republican governor who vetoed infrastructure money earmarked for that bridge. The U.S. government was poised to turn over the rights to billions of gallons of water to a politically connected group of farmers in Colorado, be the largest grant to irrigators since the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation was created in 1903. Huh. So we got federal water. It's going to agribusiness. Yeah, of course yeah. it is. When we're suffering a serious drought, I, we're going to be sprinkling avocados in the Central Valley where it's yeah. 110 degrees. Or growing, av- or growing alfalfa and rice yeah. in the middle of a desert. Yeah. In 56 of Ohio's 88 counties, ballots and election records from 2004 have been accidentally destroyed despite a federal order to preserve them. That was the evidence that would have called that election into question, and Ohio was the crucial state. Got it gone to Kerry. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Even after a federal judge said, hold on to those things, they They were accidentally destroyed. Accidentally destroyed. You, You can't. Yeah, pass a law if something happens accidentally. Yeah, you, can't you just can't enforce because a law. you know, oops, my bad. Yeah, yeah, that's the oops. where'd all those ballots? I go? have no idea how those millions of ballots got accidentally destroyed. And finally, yeah, if that's all right with you, it is. Tibetan living Buddhas are no longer allowed to be reincarnated without permission from the atheist Chinese government, according to the regulations, which take effect on September first. In case you're Wanting to get reincarnated, Mike? As a llama or whatever. Well, these would be Buddhas. Buddhas. I was a Buddha. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, that would be a step. In That'd my, be a step. Or, yeah. You could be reincarnated as, oh. as, uh, as a Buddha. Oh, I could. Yeah, a baby Buddha. Okay. Because I, I thought I had to be a llama and then I could be a Buddha. Anyway. According to the regulations, all reincarnation applications must be submitted to religious affairs officials for approval. Weekly Signal's Weekly Review is broadcast every Tuesday on KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. To learn more about Weekly Signals or to download the podcast, visit our website at weeklysignals.com. And be sure to visit nathancallahan.com for daily readings and feature articles. Until next week, I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And this is Weekly Signals.